Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So the topic I've picked or the question I've picked for today is a good one. The reader says, what if I present this approach and the client asks for proof of the strategy? It's a good question. It's a good question and it's a bad question at the same time. And I'm going to explain to you why it's a good question and why it's a bad question. It's more a bad question than a good question. It's a good question because I think many people would have this question in their mind. If you are sitting there, you could be at an elite firm. You could be at any firm, you could be at an industrial company, and you're saying, but what if I did a strategy for my boss, for my client, and I present to them this amazingly elegant, visionary, brilliant strategy, but it's new, it's never been done before, and the client says, hmm, show me some proof that this will work. That's pretty common, I've heard this before. It's a good question because I can see many people would have this question. It's a bad question because the answer has already been provided. And I'm just going to connect the dots to show it to you here. This question presupposes that you do all of the analysis and you hand the client a report at the end and they're seeing the strategy for the first time. If you are doing your work that way, where you're working away from the client, doing all your thinking and showing the client the strategy for the first time, then you're doing it wrong. Because think about the process. We follow a certain process to avoid this situation. The first thing is that we have pre-presents. Pre-presents mean that the client sees what's going to be presented in the workshop before the workshop. It serves the purpose of talking them through all of the data and detail so that when you get to the workshop, time is not wasted catching them up on the detail, but they can spend time debating the issues and making a decision because the point of a workshop is always to make a decision. It's not an update session. If you're running a workshop to update people, you're basically wasting very valuable time. Two, any concern should have come up in the pre-present, which you would have addressed before the pre-present or addressed so well in the workshop that this question of asking for proof should not be coming up for the first time in the workshop. If it's coming up for the first time in the workshop, then your pre-present has failed to uncover the issues and your response or your preparation for the workshop has failed to address the issue, assuming it had come up in the pre-present. So if it came up in the pre-present, you should have made some adjustments to address it. If it came up in the pre-present and you hadn't made the adjustment, then you fail there. But it also shouldn't come up in the pre-present, and I'll tell you why. In the workshop, we are not telling the client the answer. This is very important. I mean, it's harder to see that I understand in the audio podcast here, but in the video version of the study, you will see how we lay out a path for the client to follow. We don't tell them this is the strategy. We give them just enough information so that they draw the conclusion we want them to draw. And when they draw the conclusion we want them to draw, it's not our strategy, it's their strategy. 
they don't ask us for proof because the proof is presented in the workshop and the strategy is the natural conclusion from the proof that we've presented. If you're in a situation where a client is asking you for proof, do you know what that means? That means the client has no ownership of the strategy. That means the client is seeing the strategy as something you are giving to them. They don't see how it was developed. Your workshop has been designed incorrectly because you have not allowed them to follow the logic. You have not laid out the logic clearly for them. You have not allowed them to eliminate all the unnecessary options. There's some good videos in the uh, Firms Consulting Insider version of the study where we show you how you have to eliminate the options. But at the core, when a client asks this question, it's because it's not their strategy. They see it as something given to them. And the deeper question is not, because when most people hear this question, they'll think, well, you know, how do I go and find out the proof? How do I develop the proof? The issue is not that. The issue is that you need to design your workshops in such a way that they don't ask for proof in the first place. And the way to do that, and again, the video showed it better, is you introduce them to the issues and the insights. Okay, let me rephrase this. It's a better way to explain it. Corporate strategy means that you will choose the business model a client will have, the markets where it will operate and how it will operate, and the customers it will serve. I'll repeat that. In a corporate strategy study, you will choose the business model a company will follow. That means how it makes money. Where in the value chain it will operate based on where is most profitable with least competitors. What products it will serve and whom its customers will be and basically how it's going to accomplish the task, right? So if you look at all those combinations, you can serve this market with this product, this market with this business model. There are many permutations and combinations out there, of which some of them are ludicrous and some of them are more plausible. If you just eliminate the ludicrous combinations, you're left with a set of more plausible combinations. But there's still a pretty big set, maybe 10, maybe even 20. So you have a set of things the company could do for it to be their corporate strategy. Then it's a process of eliminating those options by knocking out certain assumptions that make an option plausible. The whole point of the workshop is to introduce facts, analysis, insights, inferences that allow the client to eliminate certain options. Let me give an example of this, right? Classic example of this. We did the value chain analysis. Huge part, supremely important, where we showed the client that there is a part of the value chain that is very profitable, but they don't have any capability to operate in that part of the value chain. You can watch the videos to figure out which part that is. But a part that they wanted to operate in, a part that they wanted to have a presence in, a part that they felt they should be very competitive in, we show them that it's actually a big part of the value chain. A lot of money can be made there. But they can't operate there because they don't have the resources. They don't have the intellectual capabilities. They don't have the patents. They don't have the expertise. They don't have the experience curve learnings that would make them superior to their competitors. So when we put up that value chain and we show them this, we don't have to tell the client, hey, don't pursue any corporate strategy that means that you will only be successful if you are successful in this part of the value chain. They can see it for themselves that if they develop a strategy that requires them to be successful in the part of the value chain where they have no expertise 
it's going to be incredibly difficult. So when we get to the end and we lay out the options, they will then use the body of knowledge we've taken them through, like the value chain analysis and the insights it generated, to naturally eliminate the options we want them to eliminate. And they will then, by the process of themselves eliminating things, they are left with a set of options they have chosen. And when they pick a set of options through their own debate, they've picked it, they're not going to come to you as the strategy partner and say, well, tell me how to select this, because you didn't give it to them. They chose it. It's a very nuanced technique. I've spoken to some partners who are more senior than me who told me they had this problem about clients saying, show me the proof. And when I was working with other partners, I noticed some of them use this technique of getting the client to choose the strategy you want them to choose by laying the path for them to eliminate the options you didn't want them to choose. And that's how I built the approach. I know many successful partners use this approach, and I would hope all partners use this approach. Now, what I think happens with some partners is that for whatever reason, they're rushing, they don't have the time to go through this, so they rush it. They rush it and they shortcut the approach. When you shortcut the approach, you're leaving the client out of the journey of thinking it through. And when you leave the client out of the journey of thinking it through, the answer is going to be a surprise to them. And they're going to ask you for proof because they haven't seen the proof. The workshop is presenting the proof. That's why it's such an important workshop. The proof is the workshop. But here's the thing, the proof only works if you allow the client to arrive at the answer you want them to arrive at. So you have to design the workshop in that way. I'll give you another example of this, right? We have lots of case studies that we put together. And I do period case studies. So I set a case study in a certain period. Most people will go onto the internet today and find the five most successful energy companies today and do case studies on them. That's worthless to me because you don't know how their performance today is going to evolve in the next five years. It could be a disaster. So I look at something from the past and do a case study of that period. Now, the case studies are huge. Firms consulting insiders have access to the case studies. But I never present the entire case study. I pick the most important insight and I show it to them. For example, one insight out of the entire case, there's just one slide which showed that when competitors enter a new energy market, customers, corporate customers, those are big companies that are buying electricity, are initially price sensitive. And they go with the lowest cost provider. But over time, when they're dealing with the lowest cost provider, they start looking at things like customer service, reliability of supply, and so on. And then after a while, they realize, you know what? As a corporate customer, I can't have my smelters linked up to an unreliable energy source. While they may be cheaper, I'm going to go with the more expensive guy who gives me the service I want. I'll take a mobile phone analogy here, my own personal experience. I signed up with T-Mobile, which, to be honest, I signed up with them because of the cost. It was so cheap that, you know, you'd be wasting money not to sign up with them. So I was very happy. But then I traveled internationally with it, and it was an epic disaster because it didn't work in most parts of the world. And eventually I moved away from them. That's the insight here. The entire big case study, we just pulled out one slide which showed that initially corporate customers will go with the best price. But over time, they look for the best service price trade-off. So if you're going to compete 
with new energy players don't compete on price, compete on the service price trade-off. And know your customers and know how they see themselves in that trade-off. And that's what you need to pitch them. You may lose some of them initially, but they'll come back to you if you offer them the right trade-off. And so again, we present those things. So when it comes to the end, and we have to choose an option whereby maybe we want to shut down all of our nuclear power stations and gas stations and just build coal stations because they're the cheapest Costco of power, and therefore we can compete on price, we'd say, hey, hold on a second. We should only do this if the service is not bad. If we're cutting costs to reduce service quality, then we will lose in the long term. But you want the client to see that. So just to come back, if you reach a point in your workshop whereby the client's asking for proof, you've designed the workshop incorrectly, you've designed the workshop or the session whereby you are telling the client the answer versus you leading them to develop the answer by themselves. If a client is ever going to ask you these tough questions, they should do it in the pre-presents so you know beforehand to design the workshop better to prevent this question from coming up. This is a very important thing. It takes a lot of effort. To avoid this problem, that means you have to think about it this way, right? Imagine the workshops on a Friday. Most people, when they're running a strategy consulting engagement, I've seen this with many firms, they will be doing the analysis up until the night before the workshop. And the slides only ready in the morning. They'll send some bleary-eyed business analyst to the office to print it in color, bind it, and they'll go to the client's executive office and present. To ensure that the client arrives at the answer and not you giving him the answer. Because in this approach, whereby you're doing the analysis till the night before the workshop, you are giving the client the answer. Now, let me explain the operational changes required to not give the client the answer. And this is based on my painful experience of having to perfect this approach. So one, the analysis must be done at least two weeks before. Why two weeks? Why not one week? Well, it depends on the seniority of the client. If you are working for a multi-billion dollar conglomerate, you don't know when the executives are going to be ready. You can't just say, hey, the most important workshop, we're only going to give ourselves five days to pre-present. No. My experience is you need two weeks because executives are always canceling, moving things around, flying around. You can't get them. So you got to pinpoint the top executives, the ones that are most important, and you send your most senior partners to deal with them. For the others, you send more junior members of the teams like the AP, the EM, and so on. But you must pre-present to all participants. right? So it's a lot of effort. If you've got 20 people in a workshop, you've got to pre-present to 20 people. That means if you've got 10 days to, well, let's say, I'll explain why you only have a week to pre-present, but you still take two weeks. If you've got a week to pre-present, that's 20 people over five days. You've got to pre-present to four people a day on average, which means you've got to have several groups of consultants pre-presenting, which means your work has to be done on the Monday before, checked and ready to go. So two weeks before the workshop, all the analysis must be more or less done with the conclusions you want, the pack ready. Then you pre-present the most important slides to them. You'll notice that while a lot of slides will be shown to you, I will distinguish between the ones that were shown in the workshop and the ones that are available in the pack. We don't show them the pack. It's there if they want it, but we never show them the pack. Then we'll go to the client and we'll pre-present to them. Just the most important slides that we're going to show them in the workshop. So the, the slides we show them are the slides we're going to show them in the workshop. So they know what's coming, right? We don't show them every slide because, for example, going through the scenario planning and so on, we're not going to show them those slides because there's nothing to show. 
the scenario planning will happen as a group, but everything that feeds into the scenario planning, the value chain analysis, the benchmarking, the customer analysis, the competitor analysis, and so on, we'll show them the key slides there. Then we'll make sure that the key messages we want them to pick out from there, that this part of the value chain is attractive. This is not attractive, they understand it. Then there's always going to be some major obstacle that comes up. There's going to be some issue we haven't foreseen. That's why we have the two weeks. We do the first week with the pre-present and we do the second week to fix the issue. And then if we have time to go back to the executive and say, this is the way we fixed it. So that he is aware we've addressed it because the last thing you want is an executive in the middle of a workshop to say, you know what, I raised this with you in the pre-present, but you guys didn't bother fixing it. I've actually attended a workshop where that happened. I wasn't responsible for it. I don't even think the partner was responsible for it. I just think the executive wasn't paying attention, but it doesn't matter. The damage is done. Because then you have an executive saying, you're not listening to me and you've got a partner who's, he can't defend himself because that will just create animosity. But all the other executives think, well, the consultants didn't pay attention. So two weeks. So you can see the operational changes required to follow this process. So a lot of times when people want to follow best practices, they just say, give me a list of things to do. That's fine. But what you need to do is think about operationally how you will change your behavior. In this study, if you pay attention, you know that we did the visioning workshop three weeks into the study, which means that, well, the fourth week of the study, the three weeks after, which means that the case studies were done in three weeks. The value chain analysis was done in three weeks. The customer analysis was done in three weeks. How in the world did we do that? Well, we had a back office team of researchers sitting in you know, another part of the world supporting us on this. Most firms have this. If your firm doesn't have this ability or you work in a boutique firm, you obviously have to figure out a way to accomplish the same goal with limited resources. That means a simpler case study, simpler value chain analysis. Maybe do the workshop later. The point is, you have to think about how things are going to change operationally as you implement these best practices. So, to summarize, the client is asking for proof of the strategy you failed in a very big way. Because it means you're giving the client a strategy versus having worked with the client over time so that they understood the insights to arrive at the strategy themselves in the workshop. There may be firms out there, you may work at firms whereby you don't work this way. You give the client the strategy at the end. But I'll tell you right now, you are going to be more successful if you develop the strategy with the client. When I say develop it with them, I don't mean you are giving the thinking to them. No, you are presenting the analysis in such a way that they see the insights you want them to see and they therefore draw the conclusions you want them to draw. So you can see there's a lot of soft skills required here, right? When to present, how to present, how to structure it, how to navigate this with the client and so on. That's what makes you a partner at the end of the day because anyone can do analysis. Don't become a commodity by just doing analysis. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.